Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. We thank you for those that are here, amen, and Abe and Maria are here with their brand new baby boy, hallelujah. Woo! Already out and about, amen. I guess after you have the second kid, you just know what to do now, amen. But they're, they're blessed, amen, and glad to have them here with us, amen. And so God bless you guys. And we are, and then today is, uh, uh, this weekend is Veterans Day, amen. Any, any veterans in the house? Come on, stand up, amen. If you're a veteran or acting service, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Come on, we want you to stand up. Anyone else, amen? Don't be shy. I'm not talking about the veteranos in the streets, amen. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the vets, amen. Hallelujah. That serve in our armed forces, amen. Well, praise the Lord. God bless you guys. May God bless you. Thank you so much for all that you've done. We honor you today, amen. Praise God, amen. What a, what a great day, man. Amen. Our freedom will not be here if it's not men like these, amen, and women that serve in the armed forces for our freedom, amen. And, and so we continue to pray for the freedom that's going on, amen, and the peace for Israel. So always pray for Israel, amen. And so thank you once again, as Pastor Vic said, thank you so much for the Giving Sunday. We're able to send a, a good portion of money to Israel to help our, our churches that are there, amen, and, and the needs that are in there for the people, amen. So uh, on behalf of uh, my wife and I, we want to say thank you, amen, for, for your giving and your support, amen, especially to missions and for Israel, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we want to thank our sister back here, Bella, amen. She's joining us, amen. First timer, amen. God bless. <laughs> Hallelujah. And all you guys, amen, here. Pray for those that you don't see. There's some sicknesses going around, amen, flu season, things like that, amen. So pray for those that you don't see. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a, a wedding going on. Sister Carla's going to be getting married today, amen. And so uh, they're getting ready for a, a wedding. So we just, we're just blessed, amen. God's just doing some things. So uh, keep praying for your people. Uh, people you don't see and pray for those that are on the wings. Amen, right? God has to work on us before he brings the others in. Amen. So we, we need some fixing. Come on, somebody say, I need some fixing. <laughs> amen. I don't know about you. I still need some fixing. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And and uh, as uh, Brother Carlos said, amen, these are not tops. These are shirts. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, don't ever tell a brother, I like your top. No, it's a shirt. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So we want to just get that clear. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I dig your top. No, I dig your shirt. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Ladies, you can call them tops. Men are shirts. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> amen. Let me ask you a question before we start off. Amen. Who is willing to take a risk for the kingdom? Come on. Keep your hands up because we're going to take a picture. Amen. <laughs> God already has a picture in mind. Amen. He knows. Amen. Are you willing, listen, to step out when God speaks? See, we, we say yes now, but when he tells you, go tell somebody at the supermarket, hey, tell them I love you, and we hesitate. Or give somebody a flyer or do something at, a, at our workplace or go pray for somebody that God says, go pray for that person. You know, are you willing to take a risk for the kingdom of God, are you willing to step out when God speaks? Because if you are going to continue to circle your prayers, 
We must be willing to take the risks, be willing to step out of the boat. Listen, even if it makes you look foolish. You see, the problem with Christians today that they're not willing to take the risks, not willing to step out of their comfort zone. Come on, somebody. Especially if it's going to make them look like a fool. Nobody wants to look fool, foolish, right? Come on, we have, some of us have a sense of pride, right? We don't, we, yeah, that's going to make me look foolish there, God. I don't know if I'm going to step out. I don't know if I'll do that, amen. It's not part of my character. or So pride kind of fits into those things when God asks us to speak out or to step out, amen, because people, come on, don't want, you don't want to be talked about, right? When you do something for the Lord and people start talking about you. Come on. When God tells you to do something, amen, and we, and we don't do it because there's a sense of embarrassment or, or it looks foolish, amen. And I'm talking at times, amen, when, when, you know, you ever got tugged by the Holy Spirit and you didn't respond? Nobody. Okay. Any, oh, it's just me, I guess, amen. You ever done that? Come on, somebody just say amen. All you got to do is say amen. Don't just say, it's me. No, I just say amen. That's all. Just agree with the pastor. Amen. Agree with the preacher. Amen. Come on, anybody ever felt like that? Come on, everybody, anyone felt like, man, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do something, say something, get on a trash can and preach something, and yet we don't do it. Because it feels kind of embarrassing. Or sometimes even in the midst of a worship service, why don't you go up there? Why don't you jump at the altar? Why don't you get excited and worship God? And you feel it and you're like, oh, what would they think? What would they say? Come on, somebody. But that's what faith is all about, church. It's the willingness to step out, the, the willingness to take a risk, even if it makes you look foolish. And today I want to minister a message entitled, Faith Takers. Faith Takers. Somebody say faith. faith. Somebody say takers. takers. Come on, we're not just risk takers, we are faith takers. Come on, somebody. And I want to continue to focus on the subject of prayer. As I said, prayer is powerful. Somebody say it's powerful. And prayer works when you circle it in faith until God tells you to shout. We got to continue to circle these things in prayer. Prayer never stops, church. Prayer is continuous. Prayer has to be persistent in our walk. It has to be consistent in our character when we pray. It's not something that we do just on a Sunday morning. Come on, it's not just something when you, what you do when you're in need of something. Come on, somebody. Come on, it's a prayer, it's a relationship with God. It's something that we wake up to every day. It's something that we thank the Father for the, our day of life, amen. So every day that we wake up should be woken up in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for another day. It's, it's, it's a communication uh, where we have our communication with the Lord. So when you talk to the Lord, prayer is part of that. Can somebody say amen? So prayer has to be something that's continuous. It's just not when we gather or when you need something. It's something of our, our, it's part of our life. Can somebody say amen? And when you start to circle those things in prayer that are important, amen, it, you're going to have to take some risks. You're going to have to circle those things in prayer until God tells you to shout amen. I want you to turn to our text that I've been ministering on the last few weeks, amen, back in Joshua. Amen. And that we can learn some things from the people of Israel and the Israelites. Amen. Because we're pretty comparable to these group of people. Amen. When it comes to things that we, they have done, we do ourselves. 
And so we can learn from them, amen, but we got to circle, but we have to listen to the master. we got to listen to the father because he is speaking and he's saying prayer has to be part of all that you do and all that you stand for. It's where faith gets, get, that's where your faith gets stirred, amen, is through prayer. So in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, it says this, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites, no one, somebody say no one, no one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua and the Lord would say to PCLV, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You, somebody say me, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When the, you hear the priests give one loud blast on the ram's horn, you have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into town. Amen. Listen, circling prayers often look foolish at times. But faith, somebody say faith. Faith is the willingness to look foolish. Noah looked foolish building a boat in the middle of the desert. Even though there wasn't even an ocean in sight. But Noah was a righteous man and a faith taker. It says in Genesis chapter 22, uh, 622, it says, So Noah did exactly as God commanded him. Amen. So you got to understand that command or listening to God falls part of our prayer and our faith. Amen. God was telling, Joshua was telling the people, you got to command the things of the Lord. Amen. Before they made the crossover. So here you got to understand when you start to obey God and start to follow the commands and things start to move into, uh, into motion. Come on, your prayers start to move, things start to happen, and walls start to fall. So you got to understand this, amen. A little boy named David looked foolish going, to go, going up against a giant named Goliath with only a slingshot. Back in 1 Samuel 17, uh, Peter looked foolish stepping out of a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Back in Matthew chapter 14, they made Jesus look foolish by putting a crown of thorns on his head, amen, back in Matthew chapter 27. The Israelites here, amen, look foolish marching around Jericho. I can imagine as they marched around that city that the people of Jericho, the people that were on that high wall looking down, amen, might have been laughing at them, saying, man, what are these guys doing, amen? Well, and we're afraid of these people, amen. Come on, they look so dumb just going around in circle, not even talking. Probably some of them wanted to say something back to them, but, but they kept with the Lord's command by keeping silent and obeying God as they circled their promise. But though each of the situations that I just mentioned, church, the results speak for themselves. Noah was saved from the flood. David defeated Goliath. Amen. Peter walked on water. Jesus was crowned king of kings and lord of lords. And the walls of Jericho church came tumbling down, church. Another person by the name of Moses was very familiar with foolishness. Come on, he even felt foolish standing in front of Pharaoh demanding, let my people go. 
At first, he might have felt even foolish raising that staff over the Red Sea, thinking, uh, I hope this works, amen. I kind of feel a little foolish about this, amen. Uh, come on, you got to understand. Uh, here's Moses, and God speaks to him. You know what? How am I going to deliver? We're, we're here at the Red Sea. goes, that, 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 that staff that you have in your hand. Can I borrow your cane? Thank you, sir. Come on, he, he had a, a staff in his hand and he's here and they run against the Red Sea, amen. And God, he's, call, he's talking to God and he says that, that you have in your hand, put it in the water and see what I do. And I was, you can just imagine Moses and he's talking to the people and, and he feels and he goes, okay, God is going to deliver us. I hope. And he goes, oh, God, this is going to look foolish if I do this and it doesn't work, man. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm gonna be the laughing stock here, amen. I can just imagine that's what's running in his mind, but, but he, he's a faith taker. And he obeyed God and he says, okay, God, you said I'll do it. And so he closes his eyes and he just goes, boom. And he opens his eyes and goes, oh, it worked. Yes, that must have motivated him. Say, yeah, I told you. Let's go. And the people are crazy, amen. But can you imagine that God tells us to, to, to go out and I want you to take a risk. I want you to look a little foolish. It may seem like, man, what is this little stick going to do to a body of water? But with God, amen, you give him a little, he'll make something big, church, amen. If you just simply obey God, amen. Sometimes even if it makes you look foolish. The willingness to look foolish resulted in a great and powerful miracle. Moses was a faith taker. Come on, somebody say, I'll take some faith. Come on, how many want some faith? <laughs> Come on, take it. Tell your neighbor, take it. But you're going to have to want it. To be a taker, you got to be a wanter. Amen. Church, are you willing to take a risk for the kingdom? Are you willing to be a faith taker, even if it makes you look foolish? See, circling prayers often felt foolish or feels foolish at times. Amen. The bigger the prayer, listen, the more foolish you feel. Come on, somebody. Because if you're not willing to step out of your boat, uh, when Jesus asks you, you'll never walk on water. If you're not willing to circle your Jericho, the walls will never fall down, church. Come on, church. You, if you're willing to, if you're not willing to follow Jesus and obey his commands, you will miss out on the greatest adventure of your life. I'm having a great time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Has it been easy? No, <laughs> it's not easy, but it's an adventure. There's times we tell me to do something. And I say, I don't know, God, but I'll, I'll do it. And it works. It's been an adventure. It's been hard. Amen. I, come on. I, I've been ridiculed. I, I've been name called. Amen. I, I've been all that. Amen. I'm talking about the church. <laughs> I'm not even talking about the outsiders. Amen. And within the church. Woo. But it's worth the risk. Or should I say it's worth the faith? Because it's truly has been an adventure stepping out with God. Amen.
I've seen miracles. I've seen things, man. I may not have seen the parting of Red Seas, but I've had Red Sea moments in my life where God has moved. And even in this house, amen, God has done some great things. But listen, in order to experience a miracle, you have to be willing to take a risk and step out in faith. The hardest and difficult steps of faith are the ones that, are, that make you look foolish. The ones that put your reputation on the line. But the greatest chapters in history always began with a step of faith. Somebody say faith. Amen. Come on, my wife and I took a step of faith of coming to Las Vegas. Amen. Come on, back at home, everything was good. Everything was cool, amen. I was a worship leader, amen. Come on, I had a Bible study. We just bought a house. And I said, God, this is good. I, I can live right here till you come back, amen. And then he tells you, go to Vegas. Well, he don't talk like that, amen. <laughs> he talks to me, he tells me, son. But he tells me to come to Vegas. And I'm like, God, I'm flowing, Man, I got everything's flowing. I'm on finally on the worship team now. I'm leading songs, amen. I like, man, I got I got my groove on, and and I got my Bible study. My wife's happy, the kids happy. Just bought a house. Uh, my job is good, amen. I'm I'm good. You ever felt like that? Move, move, yeah. What I'm gonna do with the house? Sell it. <laughs> How about my kids? Bring them. <laughs> and I come to a place and I take a risk and I move out here with no job no home and my kids that are mad at me <laughs> we kind of came out here like homeless <laughs> hallelujah from having a home and, and no home moving in with her family with her aunt the aunt that we have, one family member that we have here, she, she invites us to come into our house. And so here we're living with someone. It's not even our own house. And we step out. And people back home say, man, what is wrong with you? Because it looks make me look foolish. Why are you leaving this? You're, you're good. Even my, the coworkers and sinners, what's wrong with you? Even the church people, what's wrong with you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. I'm going to be a faith taker. I'm going to step out because God's telling me to. Amen. Listen, church, the same is true with the chapters of our life. Right? Even getting saved and taking a step of faith of salvation is a risk. Come on, somebody. Is this going to work out? Is, is my life really going to get put back together? Is my marriage going to get healed? Am I really going to get delivered from drugs and alcohol? You take a step of faith. It starts right there, but you take a step of faith, church, and then history starts to get written. Come on, I'm looking in front of me, history of what God has done in lives of people when you take a step of faith. If you're not willing to step out in faith and take the risk and risk your reputation, listen, church, you'll never build a boat like Noah. Come on, you'll never get out of the boat like Peter. Come on, listen, if you're not, if you cannot build God's reputation, if you're not willing to risk your own. It's about dreaming big, church, and stepping out in faith for Jesus. 
circling those Jerichos and be faith takers. If you don't step out in faith, church, listen, you forfeit your miracle. You forfeit the miracle, church. Hallelujah. Which brings me to a place. How many like miracles in this place? How many love miracles? Do you love to hear about miracles? Do you love, I don't know about you, but I love movies that come out that are true, that are faith-based. That God did a miracle. Like, whoa, that was, and you're, you're crying, and, and, and it, God just touches your heart, and like, man, God, you're so good. You ever, you ever felt like that? Or is this just me? Come on. Sometimes I'm in, we're in the movies, and we're going to go see this, and I'll see a faith-based movie about a miracle or something that God just does, amen. And all of a sudden, we're just sitting there with my wife. We're eating popcorn, and you hear somebody, and my wife will look over, and it's me. Those things just touch my heart, amen. But those are the miracles of God, amen, because all of us, all of us are miracles here. All of us have felt that. All of us, amen, have got touched, amen, where we weep in the presence of God saying, God, you're too much. God, you did a miracle in my life. It may not be big or anything like that, but it's something that's big in my life, amen. God, you restored my home. You you restored my marriage. I'm no longer a drug addict. I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm no longer, I can keep a job and all this stuff. God, you did it. God, I was lonely, but now I'm not. Those are the miracles of God. Let me ask you another question. How many love food? <laughs> Only two people? <laughs> you guys are already thinking about food right now. Hallelujah. What are we going to eat for lunch? That becomes a big fight with me and my wife. Where are we going? Where do you want to go? I don't want to go there. <laughs> just, just get some food, girl. I love miracles. I love food, so you can say I love food miracles. The Bible is full of food miracles. And one that stands out to me is the day that God provided quail in the middle of nowhere. Come on. Here are, listen, this you can understand. Here are the Israelites, the Red Sea. Getting set free from, 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 from Egypt. Amen. Here they are. God has given them miracle after miracle after miracle. God has blown their minds, yet they're still complaining. Got any complainers in the house? Come on. Don't, don't raise your hand. Amen. Don't look at them. Point to them. <laughs> Isn't it funny? <laughs> Stop pointing, guys. Stop pointing. Isn't it funny how people can still complain when God has done so much for them? Come on. God hears the cries of the Israelites for food. And God gives them bread from heaven. Right here. The introduction to angel food cake. Right there, it comes, amen. And after a while, what happens? They start complaining again. All we eat is manna. Manna, manna, manna. I'm sick and tired of manna omelets. I'm sick and tired of manna burritos, manna tacos. That's all we have is manna, manna, manna. 
And here in the book of Numbers, they're complaining about manna. And they start craving what? Meat. Oh, yes. Come on, how many like meat? Come on, somebody. Look what it says here in Numbers chapter 4, verse 6. Amen. The riffraff among the people started craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. It took a couple people, a group, two brothers, a, a little core, and said, you know, we're hungry, man. I want, want meat. Don't you want meat? And I said, let's just spread it around the camp. And they started spreading this. How about meat? How about meat? Yeah, we want meat now. And they're all whining. The whole Israel, we're talking, man, thousands and thousands of people just whining that they want meat. And it says, why can't we have meat? We had, we ate fish in Egypt and we got it for free. Tis to say nothing of the cucumbers, the melon, the links, the onions, the garlic, but nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. I mean, the Israelites are acting like little kids. But can I tell you sometimes? Can I tell you sometimes? <laughs> Can I tell you something? Sometimes that sounds like us. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. Come on, let's be honest. We complain too. Come on. But not only do I love food and I love meat, I love a good steak. Come on. I love a ribeye. That's my favorite steak, ribeye. You think about Christmas gifts for pastor? Ribeye steak, amen. Hallelujah. But why is it that we always go back to our past? Why is it that we always go back to our Egypt when things ain't working out in the church? And how we reflect how, how good it was back in Egypt. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 17 says this, Do not envy sinners, but always continue to fear the Lord, for your reward is this, Come on, your hope will not be disappointed. Don't start looking at the past, amen. Don't start reflecting on the past, amen. And envying sinners, amen. And start re-going re, uh, re, uh, re back to your past of past parties and all this stuff, amen. Come on, you ever played an old song and all of a sudden you start going back there a little bit? <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, we're like, hey, you've gone too far. You know, you start dancing in your car or doing something, amen. I don't know what you guys do, amen. You've just gone too far back. Somebody say, come on back. Come on, back. Come on. Why is it that when we, when we things are not working out for us, we start reflecting our past and we start looking back to our Egypt. We start saying, man, I, I was better back then, amen. I, I should have just, you should have just left me there, amen. But in reality, amen, you were miserable back there. That's why you came to church. Yet we forget that when things are going wrong and we run back to the mess that we were tired of. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. We're here. They're here they are. They're remembering the food that was good back in Egypt. Talk about selective memory. The Israelites remembered the free food that they ate in Egypt and forgot the fact that it, though it was free, they weren't. They were in bondage. They were beaten. 
The Israelites were not just slaves, church. They were victims of abuse. Yet they missed the meat that was on the menu back in Egypt. Here they are in the book of Numbers, and they're still complaining. Complaining, church, on one miracle while asking for another. Complaining on one miracle and asking for another. It's like saying, God, that's yesterday's news. What are you going to do for me now? What are you going to do for me today? Oh, I know that you did that back then and this month, that year, whatever it is. But how about today? We, 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 we're the same way. We start complaining, amen. And here they are complaining on this one miracle that he's delivering yet they, and asking for another one. Come on, they're grumbling, they're wailing, amen, about the meal of manna, which is a miracle. Did you know that manna was a miracle? Amen. It was, listen, not only a miracle, it was hand-delivered to their foots, to their doorstep. Come on, they had Grubhub, DoorDash, I don't know who it was, amen, that delivered it. It was delivered to their house. They didn't have to go look for it. It was right there. God hears their cries, gives them a, a, a manna from heaven, amen, a miracle bread from heaven, and delivers it to their doorstep. But Lord, but guys, we, 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 we do the same thing. Come on, somebody say amen. There are miracles all around us. You can look back at your life right now, amen, and you can say, I am a miracle. Come on, somebody. Come on. I should have been dead, but I'm alive. Amen. I should be going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. Amen. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Jesus. Come on. I was bound. Amen. But Jesus set me free. Come on. We, we forget what God has done on the cross, which is enough, church. Yet we still complain. We complain and we want to leave God and we tell the devil, go ahead, shackle me up again. And we come under bondage. We go back to the, 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 back to our Egypt, amen, back to the abuse. Because we're complaining about a miracle that he's not done yet. We're surrounded by miracles all the time, church. Yet it's, we, it's so easy to find something to complain in the midst of our miracles. It's so easy to find, yeah, I'm blessed, but... You ever run to those Christians, amen? Don't point at them right now, no. Come on, so easy, amen, to, to, to forfeit it, everything that God's done for us. That there's miracles all around us. Listen, church, we take those manna miracles, those miracles that happen day in and day out for granted. But despite the Israelites complaining again, what does God do? He delivers again. God patiently responds to their food trauma. I mean, they're whining, and yet God delivers it again. God becomes so angry 
that Moses starts tripping out. Moses goes into prayer with God complaining. Goes, what are you doing to me? What have I done to you? Why have you burdened me with these people? <laughs> He's a little frustrated, isn't he? <laughs> Come on. I mean, Moses really takes it personal, and he's really missing out on the point why God is angry. I mean, he's like saying, where am I going to get all the meat for all these people? They keep wailing, give us meat, give us meat. I mean, Moses is really losing it with God. Look what it says in Numbers 11, 10 to 15. It says, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance of his tent. Oh, my Lord, that would get me frustrated. Imagine all you guys coming to my house. Ah! Ah, pastor! Ah! Wailing, all of a sudden you leave, another family comes. Ah! Oh, man, that would drive me nuts. That's what they're doing. They're going to Moses' tent, and they stand there family after family after family. We're talking thousands and thousands and millions of people, two million people coming to the door and wailing. We want meat. Oh, man, I would have went. <laughs> I'm going to send you to heaven right now. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll never do that. But if you hear a noise like that, run. <laughs> I mean, Moses heard the people of every, every family, this is every family wailing at the entrance of their tents. And the Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. And he asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? Now Moses is taking it personal. He's taking it upon himself. He goes, he thinks God's picking on him. Listen to Moses. He goes, what have I done to displease you that you have burdened me with all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Now he's getting really, really mad here. Come on. He goes, did I give birth to them? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as I'm, as a nurse carries an infant? To a land that you promised an oath to their ancestor. Where am I going to get all the meat for these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry these people all by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. This is how you're going to treat me? If you're going to treat me this way, he goes, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your hand and your eyes and do not let me face uh, it in my own ruins. So here's here he's so frustrated. He said, man, what have I done? If this is the way it's going to be, if this is the way the ministry is, you know what? Take me out now. I'll just go to heaven. Take me out. Man, want to quit on the church. But God not only promises, listen, a one-course meal of meat. God promises meat for a whole month. And he tell, God tells Moses, they're going to have so much meat to eat that it's going to come out of their nostrils. They're going to get sick of meat. I'm going to give them so much. 
give me meat, give me meat. Okay. <laughs> you ever ate so much that you got disgusted? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Just point at them. <laughs> Come on, it feels so good, but you're like at the end, you're like, ah, I can't do this. I always order it like a, if I go eat a good ribeye at a good place, hey man, I get the, they're usually 22 ounces. And, I say, and my wife says, you're not going to eat that. Watch, watch, I will. By the time I get to the end, I'm like, I'm not enjoying it no more. <laughs> it's like, oh man, why did I do that? Put it in a doggy bag, take it home, hallelujah. But here they are. It says here in Numbers 11, 21 to 22, but Moses said, I am among 600 thousand men on foot and you say give them meat for a whole month would we have enough flocks and herds that they were slaughtered for them would we have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them so even as God is telling I'm going to feed them I'm going to give them so much meat Moses still not believing he's like you're crazy this is foolish I understand this. I, I'm not going to circle this. I, I don't believe, man. Even if we had all these, and we slaughtered everything that we had, there's not enough food for all these men. And women and children, I don't think so. You see, Moses is doing the math in his head, and it just doesn't add up. It's not even coming close. And he's trying to figure out, how is God going to do this? Maybe a day. But a whole month, I just don't see how. It's like us, we're trying to figure out God, right? How are you going to do this, God? How, how are you going to put this, this relationship back together? How are you going to heal this? How, how are you going to, they, they already told me I have cancer. How are you going to remove this, God? How are you going to do all these things, God? How are you, 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 I don't know. I just don't see it. My family members are just way out there. There's no way. They're crazy. They're nuts. Amen. They're bound. Amen. How are you going to set my father free? My mom, my grandma, whoever, free. Just doesn't make sense. There's, there's, there's no way. How can I walk up to that person that you tell me that God's going to set them free when I see them in bondage and see no hope for them? How, how is that going to happen? They don't want to, they don't even listen. Yet you want me to say something. Come on, you ever been there? Man, how is this going to happen? I mean, all of us, if you had whatever way you came to the church, amen, if you didn't go through any type of trauma in your life, amen, or, or, or a place of desperation as I was, amen, of my life and my home and my marriage, amen, you, you I came, I'm like, no way this is going to get fixed. I remember one time I was complaining to God because he told me at the altar when I gave my life to the Lord and I came down from that, from the, from the, that balcony that day back in Huntington Park and went to the altar and got saved. And God told me, I'm going to put everything back together, son. And I said, I'm thinking, I don't know what that means, but my, my, I'm jacked up and I, my life is falling apart and I need you. That I know, amen, but my life, I don't know how you're going to do that. He goes, I'll put everything back together. He spoke it like, like you're hearing my voice right now in the spirit. And I go, and two months after getting saved, everything's flowing. And my wife says, I, I don't think this is going to work. And so what I do, I go back in my closet with the Lord, and I start complaining to him, you told me this was going to work. You said you fix it. 
She wants to leave. And then he tells me, you know what he tells me? If she leaves you, are you leaving me? And I said, no way, God. I'm, I'm done with that life. And he says, then don't worry about it. I'll fix it. And he went, bye. <laughs> but he rebuked me. And when he said that to me, I felt, you're right, God. You're the one that figures out how. I'm not going to figure it out. You're going to do it. Can I let you know I know something? He did it. <laughs> My wife's right there <laughs> with our grandson. <laughs> Is God a liar? But you got to be a fake taker, church. Otherwise, we forfeit that miracle and that promise. You keep circling. God just said, keep circling, son. Don't worry how I'm going to do it. Don't worry how it's going to work out. It doesn't look good through your, your way of looking and what you see, but I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going to do something. I'm going to change. I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to do something in her. I'm going to do something. I'm going to use you as well. Amen. And so I'm like, okay, God, I kept circling, circling. And God kept delivering and kept delivering, and he's still delivering, church. That's the God we serve song that we just sang, remember? Miracle worker, promise keeper. Right? Is he that? Why do we lose that when we're going through troubles? Why do we give up and forfeit that when we're going through a storm in our lives? That we forget he's the promise keeper, miracle worker. Right? He's God Almighty, church. And sometimes if you have that relationship, and that's why prayer is so important that you got to have that relationship because that, if you have a relationship, then your communication's open. Now he can speak to you and tell you, daughter, son, keep going. Don't worry about it. I got it. I'm going to put everything back together. Don't, don't try to figure the math in your head. You're going to get frustrated. Just trust me. And when I, when he does that, it's so easy to say, okay. I don't have to worry about it. We came out here. Don't worry. I don't have no house. Don't worry about it. I got no job. Don't worry about it. My kids are complaining. Don't worry about it. Everything will work out. He's blessed me. He's blessed me where I'm at. He's blessed me what, what I'm doing. We are blessed. Now we've got grandchildren. Woo! Hallelujah. God is good. My kids are in here with me in church, serving with me, amen. We're praying for one son, amen, who I love, amen, who I know will be there, amen. I may not see it in my lifetime, but he's going to bump into my heaven. Dad, I made it. <laughs> yes, that's all I want, right? Listen, church. You know, God wants to. You to take that job that, that pays less, and but it just doesn't add up. Why, why do you want me to take this job? There's so many other jobs, and God says, take this one. Come on, you, you don't know. God says, fast for your marriage. You're like, it, it doesn't work, power God. It doesn't work. She's not changing. He's not changing. God says, fast. God wants you to pledge X amount of dollars, amen, but it doesn't add up, amen. Like, I don't, I can't give that, God. God wants you to sell your house, amen. Uh, come on, wants you to leave a good job. Uh, wants you to move to Vegas. Uh, it just don't add up. 
Which brings me to a story that I'll end with. There was a man by the name of Adam Taylor. He went on a mission trip to Ethiopia. And while he was there, he knew that the Lord was calling him to invest more than just a week that he planned to go out there. God was calling him to go all in. And what confirmed it one day during a mission trip was a boy that popped out of a sewer from a manhole cover. The boy didn't have any shoes, and so without even thinking, Adam gave him his. The little boy took him on a tour to the sewer where he came from and found a community of orphans living under the streets. In a moment, Adam knew that Ethiopia was his Jericho. Leaving a six-digit income didn't add up, but Adam didn't care. He moved to Ethiopia, trusting God, and started a ministry called Change Boys. He rescued street kids and gave them a home to live. In fact, 22 kids live with him in the house that God miraculously provided for Adam. He signed the lease of the house, not knowing how God would provide. Meanwhile, his church back home started raising money for different missionaries, and his name was on it. Adam didn't know what this was going on at the time, but his spiritual family provided an offering, listen, that covered an entire year's lease and when he heard about the news he broke down and he cried and I say this story church that this should inspire you to step out in faith to be faith takers to where God is calling you even if it doesn't add up even if it doesn't make sense are you willing to take a risk Are you willing to be a faith taker, even if it makes you look foolish? I don't know about you, but I am. If God said something to to move or go, I would go. I would move, but I know that he has me here for now. God's going to do something because he's dropped something, what God is going to do in this city 20-something years ago. It's coming to pass. It's been spoken over our lives. It's been spoken over this church. And I was willing to take a risk and circle it in prayer that, you know what? God is going to come to pass. It hasn't in 22 years, but I have never gave up faith. Because there's still people walking into these doors. There's still people are going to get moved by God, touched by God, and we're going to see the miracles of God in this house. I'm talking, he told me that blind eyes will be opened in this house. Lame will walk out of this house, amen. Things in the prophetic, things in the supernatural are going to be in this house. We, say I, we will be on natural news of miracles that are taking place in this house. Come on. And it's nothing that what we do. It's everything that he does. Amen. That's why last week he says, whatever happens, don't take any glory for yourself. God, this is all you. How does this happen? All this, when it happens, amen, I'm understanding, God, that's all I'm going to say on the, on the, on the, on the news thing. It was just God. It's a God moment. It's a God move. Amen. I can't explain. You just need to come. 
You cannot explain God. You got to know God. You got to have that encounter with God. And I invite you and invite Las Vegas to come into the house. Amen. Because God is still a God of miracles. God is still a God that moves. Amen. Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to be a risk taker and step out and say, God, I want to be used by you that your miracles can work through because he needs people. People just like you. To share the faith. To share your experiences and be faith takers for God. Step out, church. It's an adventure. Come on. It's good. Hasn't it been good, Sister Bloom? Come on. How long have you been saved? Long time. Over 40 years. Come on. 40 years and she's 35. I don't know how that happens. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. 40 years serving God. Come on. Has there been disappointing times? But the good overweigh that, right? Come on. God's still faithful. See, the most, the disappointing times that we feel or are affected in our lives is because we choose to and forget who we serve. You take ownership just like Moses did. He took ownership. Why are you doing this? Why are you giving these people? Did I have them? Did I birth them? They're your people. I'm tired of them. Take me out. Don't we feel like getting taken out sometimes? God, I just want, just take me to heaven. I'm done. Done with the kids. I'm done with Mary. I'm done with all this stuff. I just want to go home. God says no. Because you'll be complaining in heaven. (laughs) And we don't have complainers in heaven. Hallelujah. Right? God has to work on us. God is showing the flaws in us. Just like Moses There was still flaws in him that he was not fully trusting God. He was not defending God to the people. He let his frustrations out on the people. Believe me, church, I've had my Moses moments. I had my shotgun ready. (laughs) I had those moments, God, like, man, where, man, my prayers turned to pray them out. Pray them out. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Come on. Didn't say it was right. It's how I felt. But God says, you know what? Stop it. It's not you. You're taking it personal. It's about me. They don't want to trust me. And I always remember the words of my pastor. When she told me to, when she sent me out, she goes, Art, don't get all crazy or fancy with your preaching. She just says, love people. When I have those Moses experiences or moments in my life, I go back, God, I got to love people. I got to love them. I got to love them. I got to love them. And it changes my heart back. When I just love people, it's so easy to serve serve people. I will serve anyone. You can call me a name. I'm going to still serve you because I still love you. Because God's changing my heart. Now I have the heart of the Father. I want, God, God, I I want, God, you, I don't know how you do it. God, I want that heart. God, I want want that heart that just loves people and just still embraces them, still trusts, you know. know, He gives us wisdom and he helps us and guides us and the Holy Spirit's there that we have to tap out to. He's our friend to guide us in those moments. But don't ever take it personal, church. Just trust God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Come on. As I close today, this is my second or third close. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not counting. Amen. 
<laughs> two more? No, this is my final close right here. Meet for a month seem impossible, church. An impossible promise. And Moses had to decide whether or not he was going to circle it in prayer. You see, about hundreds of years later, there will be another food miracle. A crowd of 5,000 will be listening to Jesus. And he didn't want to send them away hungry because there was no food places around. But a little boy comes and offers his sack lunch of five loaves and two fishes. And Andrew looked at him, one of his disciples said, you know what, that's a great gesture, son, but, but in his head it just didn't add up. I mean, five plus two equals seven, right? But if you give the little that you have or what you have to God, he can multiply it and five plus two can equal 5,000. The disciples actually end up with more than what they started with with this little sack lunch of a little boy. Listen, church, if you put the little that you have into God's hands, it won't add up, it won't make sense, but my God will multiply it and cause you to praise through it. The logic sometimes is screaming, no, don't do it, but faith is whispering, yes, do it. Let's listen to faith today, church, and trust God. Amen. Can we all stand up?